Welcome to Season 3, Episode 8 of Arts Interrupted, the Michigan Daily's premier arts and culture podcast. Today we'll be talking about social media and its effect on our lives. But first, here's Emily and Olive with the Weekly Roundup. So the Black Keys and Modest Mouse are touring together, which is pretty crazy because the Black Keys haven't had new music in four years, despite their last albums being bangers. Kind of bangers? I thought Brothers was a banger. I I think we can all agree that Brothers was a banger. It's really got a love that keeps me waiting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, well. In some more music news, Solange came out with a new album, and it is, quote, slappity. Um, We're all very excited about it. It's got features with Tyler the Creator, Earl Sweatshirt, Gucci Mane, and we've all been enjoying it. Yeah, Mopop and Pitchfork lineups came out. They appear to be pretty good, so we're probably going to be shelling out cold hard cash for those. Naturally. Uh, And some sadder news, Netflix has decided to cancel their show One Day at a Time, which um, has been upsetting for a lot of people because it was a very progressive show that represented a lot of marginalized communities. On Twitter, Netflix said, and to anyone who felt seen or represented, possibly for the first time by One Day at a Time, please don't take this as an indication. Your story is not important. The outpouring of love for this show is a firm reminder to us that we must continue finding ways to tell these stories. That's a very not a good response. They should have just kept the show going. Yeah. And I saw that somebody was pretty upset because um, Netflix doesn't release like streaming data. So mm-hmm. you can't really see how many people are watching it. So it could be a wildly popular show and they were just canceling it because they're sadists or something yeah if they paid like however many million dollars they did to keep friends on i think they could have kept this show going we tweet um and more uplifting news captain marvel is out um despite a bunch of trolls trying to bomb the movie's reviews before it even came out it did pretty well the reason they were trying to bomb the movie movie reviews is because they were mad that captain marvel was reimagined as a female superhero making her the first female superhero lead by Marvel, which is absurd because there's like seven different Chris's involved in Marvel, but no women. Um, so the movie actually broke box office records as the biggest global debut for a woman-led movie. So suck it, trolls. Very, very exciting. And finally, uh, coming up very soon is the Ann Arbor Film Festival. It will start, or it will be on March 26th. So mark your calendars for some film festivities. Um, And then on a sad note to end this review on, Alex Trebek announced on Jeopardy that he has stage four pancreatic cancer, but he did say that he is contractually obligated to host for three more years. So he's going to power through, and I cried on spring break over that. So we live, laugh, love Jeopardy. So now we're going to reintroduce Sammy, Sam, Samantha into our conversation, and we're going to talk about everybody's favorite thing to pass the time with, social media. So Sam, you want to give us a little little intro onto what we're talking about? Sure, Olive. I'd love to. (laughs) So originally, social media was created with the intent to enhance better connection between friends, family, 
and even strangers. It provided a platform where anyone could share content, unsolicited opinions, photos, thoughts, feelings, practically anything. But now social media is a way to create an identity. When we look at Instagram, Twitter, and even Facebook, we see a contrived image of ourselves, an image that we've carefully crafted, molded, and constructed to reflect the person we think and maybe we hope that we actually are. Bill Maher says, we now live two lives. There's the real us, the person in the kitchen or the bar who speaks like a human with trusted friends. And then there's what I call our avatar. Our avatar looks and sounds like us, but it's not really us. It's the persona we adopt in any sort of public sphere, which now includes your followers on Twitter and Instagram and thousands of friends on Facebook. So we can't really live without social media. Pew Research Center states that teens 13 through 17 spend an average of nine hours a day online. What happens if you turn off your phone for just one day? You'd miss the latest meme, the, li the latest Kylie Jenner fiasco, which I might qualify as some sort of cultural handicap. Social media dictates whether we like it or not, what's cool, what's funny, and who and what matters. What started as a function for connecting with grandma in Boca Raton, Florida, is now an algorithm that shapes our personality, our conceptions, and maybe even more than we think. Yeah, so I'm actually a comm major, and a lot of what comm focuses on is social media, because a lot of people do end up going into marketing, and social media marketing is a new thing, and I'm also in a lot of classes that are very critical of social media and I'm in this one class called the internet is a trash fire which is actually an amcult class but we've just kind of talked about how the algorithms that social media has not only like show us content that affirms our views and doesn't really show us how big the world is it kind of shows us how small our circle can be but it also shows us ads and social media is the reason that you don't have to pay for apps like Instagram and Facebook and Twitter is because they're constantly selling you ads. And so you're not paying for it because you're the product being sold and your eyeballs are being sold to companies and they have so much data on what you look at, what you like and what you don't like. And it's just really freaky if you really think about it, like everything you like and everything you click on has bigger repercussions on than just like what you s like and click on. It's like what you see and what you don't see. And it's really fucked up in my opinion, but that's not the only problem that social media has. So what um, our podcast has been talking about a lot lately is just the way that mental health is represented on social media. And I think that specifically we're targeting Twitter when in this conversation mm -hmm. um it, it has its good and bad you know factors of it um it's good in the way that it is bringing awareness to these issues it's destigmatizing social media or it's destigmatizing mental illness um but my personal problem is like for example there's a popular twitter account called like at jovan and he has like eighty thousand followers but his Twitter bio is mentally ill, so you'll never be bored. And like personally, that's really bothersome. Um, I guess it's always been kind of typical to try to monetize your pain, you know, but I think that using mentally ill as a branding tool is something that's pretty unfortunate. Most people who suffer with mental illness, like speaking like in general terms, don't really want their illness to be their identity. Um, and I think it's great people are talking about mental illness more and getting help they need, but like I've muted every account that tweets about depression I muted like 
every word that's like sad, depressed, depression. Like it's comforting to see that you're not alone, but it's also hard to look at this and see that like what might just be a bad day being like deemed as depression. Yeah. Going off that, one thing I really don't like about social media is the way that mental illness is handled. Like you were saying, I just think it's really shitty when people are like, oh, I'm going to like kill myself or like, and they use it as a joke and it's just like really invalidating for people who are actually suffering with like suicidal thoughts and everything. And there is one of the things I've noticed personally is the way that everybody hyperbolizes everything. So it's always like, oh, like, I'm so depressed. Like, I never, like, leave my room and, like, I eat, like, one meal a day and just, like, I'm so sad. And, like, maybe that is your experience with depression, but, like, constantly presenting this image of, like, relatable depression that people, like, like and favorite and retweet and everything is really alienating. Um, Like, I have social anxiety and I'll see tweets about people who are so anxious they can't, like, talk on the phone or like go out or like stuff like that and that may be their experience but if they're just doing it to be relatable it's like oh well like maybe I'm not actually that uh, mentally ill because like that's not how my mental illness uh, presents itself and it can be really invalidating for I feel like a lot more people than it validates because if you're just wallowing in your sadness and just trying to like one-up each other it's not going to get you anywhere. Like Sam uh, sent me this tweet that was like, Twitter is great if you can't afford therapy and you also don't want to get better. So it's like, it's not helping mm-hmm. at and all. Just like to similar what you were talking about. Like I remember like, I think like a year ago, people were tweeting about like dissociating, but yeah. like what they really were describing is just like people zoning out or like not being able to pay attention. Yeah, And so like, once you label yourself this like it kind of I think it changes you as a person like once you're like oh like I'm seeing these memes on Twitter that relate to me so maybe I'm depressed yeah but you're not like clinically you're not clinically prescribed and I think that could be a problem if it's like you're just kind of taking like strangers word for it Mm -hmm. when like it's great that we're talking about it and it's great that people also like are sharing their experiences but I think you know without like professional help like how can we actually get better yeah I follow this one artist account um on Instagram his name is Alec with a pen I think um and he talks about how like the only real way to get better is like therapy and medication and like working through your trauma and working through your mental illness and he like posts all of these people's selfies at therapy and he posts all these resources because therapy is expensive and like being medicated and being in therapy is a really expensive thing and so he just tries to like say like hey this is obtainable and hey like you should work towards obtaining this kind of actual help and not just complaining about it on the internet and he has this hat that says therapy makes you hotter which I think is pretty cool Yeah, like going back to the like misusing of these like terms, like um, I think uh, social media platforms like Tumblr, especially really normalize like trigger warnings Mm -hmm. and stuff. And then recently people have started using, oh, triggered, like 
like in response to like mild overreactions to things and so I think it's just there's just like a lot of invalidation that can occur when these terms are like used or like hyperbolized and you know people talking about like oh my god I'm having a mental breakdown when they like forgot their phone at home or something you know and it just kind of like puts people that are already marginalized even further into a corner and feeling like their experiences are even less like deserving of attention like deserve to be talked about Mm -hmm. yeah and like we said there's still positives like I was talking about this yesterday how like I remember this girl I follow tweeted like hey anyone know where I can get a therapist and like I do know how to find that and so I DM'd her and she was really thankful and she like DM'd me back and she's like I actually found one I've been going it was like really positive experience and I think like personally like when I was little like I would search up terms I was like like what is depression because Mm -hmm. I feel like you know that's kind of how you figure out like what's going on with you and like I would see like reddit pages or I'd see like whatever like yahoo forums and like so there is that kind of like it's not really social media it's more the internet but like there's still that sense where it's like it helps you understand what you're going through yeah absolutely but I think there's a way we should try to I don't know like limit how we're talking about it or just like being aware of that you know what everyone's saying might not be not might not pertain to you and like I said before just making sure that like you're getting the help you need and not just you know listening to strangers on the internet yeah speaking of uh strangers on the (laughs) internet uh, another aspect of the internet is that it creates community um, and a lot of these times, these communities actually aren't great because that's how the internet works. It ruins most things. Um, so when Instagram came out, which is now owned by Facebook, um, heads up, when Instagram came out, it was like how to show your friends you're eating a really nice looking sandwich or on a nice trip or hanging out with people. And it's kind of morphed into this giant thing where there's like, Instagram influencers who are these communities of people who are obscenely wealthy because they're hot and they have really nice bodies and they don't have actual jobs and so they just work out all the time and don't eat like burgers and shit and so it's just like these unobtainable looking women and men and that's created a lot of problems for a lot of people because they feel like oh like I can never look like that and I'm fat and I'm ugly because I don't look like that. And then there's also like people post about their relationships and they're not actually in love. They're just like trying to look cute or like they actually hate each other, but like they've got to continue their brand. But it does like funnel down into a more personal level because it's not just these superstars. It's like your own friends. And since you're seeing everybody's life all the time it kind of feels like oh like I don't have as many friends as them like am I not cool or like I don't go out that much and they go out a lot and they look like they're having a lot of fun like am I missing out and so it's like FOMO is literally a thing that we came up with kind of where it's just like you're constantly seeing everything that's going on in the world and so there's no way that you can actually keep up and nobody's showing you like when they're sitting at home but you can rationalize that away by being like well they're with their friends all the time so they're probably never alone they're probably with their friends all the time and I don't know it's very confusing for me yeah I feel like only seeing these like 
like expensive fun like exotic things people are doing it feels like I'm the only one I'm the only person on the planet that's not doing this Mm -hmm. because you're not seeing any other like narratives or experiences Mm -hmm. and I was thinking about like just recently we were on spring break right and like if you looked on Instagram like any single day last week you could see like very pretty people in bikinis on beaches and like yeah that's great I'm sure you're all having fun but like I personally was like, I can't afford to go there. And I also don't have a beach body. So it's like, you know, (laughs) allegedly. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. And, you know, normal standards. But yeah. And that just made me kind of feel like shit. And like, it shouldn't because I don't want to go to Fort Lauderdale. But like, (laughs) you know, like I don't. And I think that just seeing that all the time just has like kind of like primed me to feel left out, like perpetually left out. And I don't know, it it sucks. (laughs) I wish I could delete Instagram, truthfully. Like I always think about it. I'm like, how much better would my life be if I just like didn't have it? It probably a lot better. Yeah, like when it was down for seven hours yesterday, I was like, wow, like I'm free. I'm gonna throw my phone in the ocean and I'm gonna like live and not care about like what other people are doing. And then I was like, but like then I can't keep up with my friend who I don't see that much and like I like posting pictures of myself because I'm vain to a degree and like all of this good stuff just like makes you it like lures you in like you want to see the fact Mm -hmm. that people are hanging out without you and you want to see all of these cool trips that you're never going to take because your dad doesn't own half of Wall Street and it's just I don't know. I think there's I, definitely like a, a nosiness and you want to see what other people are doing in their yeah. lives. It's like yeah. it's like I think, you know, same reason that people like reality TV. It's like this little corner of the world that you wouldn't normally access. And even if it yeah. is like filtered into oblivion and like, the, you know, this is one of like 20 pictures that they took and they just picked the perfect one. Mm-hmm. Like it's still like, you know, you don't normally see that with them like walking on the street. Somebody told me that I looked like I was having a lot of fun on my Instagram and it made me genuinely very upset because I was going through a pretty rough time and I just like felt super alone and like I was looking at Instagram and just being like I'm not doing anything like I'm just sitting here existing and like that's so boring and this person was like your life looks so fun like you Mm -hmm. look like you're always having fun and Mm -hmm. I was like shit like I'm not trying to present this like Mm -hmm. facade but it's inherent to the Instagram game I guess I also think what's really interesting now is that myself included there's um the function of turning your instagram to a business profile Mm -hmm. and that allows you to see all your insights which is you know um when you like post a story you can see who views it and a lot of speculation was that there was like the top people who stalk your page were like the top people listed so i think that just like even like adds more to the fact that we're like so obsessed with who's watching us too like I don't know. I like to see people who like I have a crush on look at my story. Like it's mm-hmm. n- yeah. that's not a lie. <laughs> like you know. And I think like if that function wasn't there, I totally wouldn't ha- like I would be so okay with it, but now that it's there, I'm like, well, well shit, I want to see. I know it, it makes you know too much. Uh-huh. There's like almost like too much information available yeah. to you and like yeah, it, you can definitely kind of get into a rabbit hole of like just going like deeper and deeper and like um it's like stressful knowing that like everything that you do is going to be 
seen by someone and like it's yeah even if the point of sharing something is for it to be seen it's awkward I think having that hyper visibility and I think like when I do post a story and like someone who I want to see it doesn't part of me is like oh like why did I do that yeah why did I even post it like this is a missed opportunity or like when someone responds to it I'm like oh my god wait you saw that made my day like you know and it's just like so silly how these like trivial things can like change like your attitude like I don't know like if someone posts something like like I don't know a person I like post something with a girl I'll be like fuck yeah like you know like damn like no it can really like change your day and you can you know the little serotonin boost you get from seeing the heart Mm -hmm. and your notifications like oh now my day is good because people are responding positively to what I put out in the world Mm -hmm. I wonder when we became so data driven like I don't think that's normal I don't think people like 50 years ago woke up and were like how many people are going to react positively to me today and now we're just like uh how many likes does this get how many replies did I get my story like who's like do you remember like snapchat best friends were like mm-hmm. the coolest thing because it was like who's dating who and like and you could see who's, who's got beef and you could see who like is that. like talking yeah quote talking to each other or like if you were in a relationship you could see who your significant other was talking to and that within itself is just like way too much within like we shouldn't know that much about the person you're dating like that's way too much these are too invasive of communities back in the day it was just like did you hear like mary lou is pregnant and then (laughs) like that was what they talked about over the over the bridge table (laughs) yeah yeah um Speaking of communities, though, there are some weird corners of the internet that are really positive for community building. I'm going to go with Reddit, actually, which is really weird because Reddit is a cesspool of trolls and like alt-right literal Nazis. I downloaded Reddit like a couple weeks ago because I was like... I went through all my social media, like, what do I do? <laughs> like, literally, what do I do now? So I downloaded Reddit because I was like, this is something I don't know about. Yeah, but there's Whoa. these... Whoa. Like, all the men yeah. in the world are there. All the gross men. And that's terrifying. <laughs> but there's these little pockets of joy. I'm in this group called r slash sewing uh, because I sew for fun because I'm 700 years old. But it's just this, like, group of... I pretty sure they're all like older women and like some young men and some young women but like mainly older people and it's just like look what I sewed or like what's the best sewing machine for this or like how would I do this technique does anybody have a pattern and it's just this really positive group of people who are like wow this is really good you look so great in the prom dress you just made and it's just like like really uplifting and then I know there's like groups for people who have um diseases that they don't know how to deal with and that there's not a lot of literature on and so it's just like like if you're like wondering how like a certain medication affects you and you don't really trust yahoo answers you could like go to reddit and there might be a better community yeah I wasn't reddit specifically but like I like rather than talking to my doctor I like learned about my birth control like yeah. through the internet because like I have like the implant and I did not know how that would affect my body and I wanted to see like how other women like experienced it so I think that like yeah the internet can be like, really great for like just communities of people like supporting each other and like mm-hmm. getting some understanding from one another yeah so I think I think that's actually a I think social media also has like 
cultural effects you know like petitions are made like mm-hmm. hashtags are made like we can't like you know minimize the the good that it does like it it impacts our life like in good and bad ways and I think that it's all about how you navigate it as we were talking before it's just like being aware of like what you're looking at you know diversifying your news diet mm-hmm. you know as they say and just making sure that you're cognizant of what you're putting out and what you're taking in yeah and I feel like they're with the I feel like a how do I phrase this a lot of good things have happened because of the internet I feel like because like I feel like the reason not the reason but one of the reasons that like gay marriage became more of a topic that we talked about and wasn't just like under the table that nobody really acknowledged was because like gay kids could go on the internet and be like oh I'm not the only person who feels like this or um I feel like there's been a lot more trans visibility because like you can find out more about yourself and like if you're from a really conservative background and you want to know more about like how your body works or uh just the fact that there are other viewpoints you can find those on communities on the internet which is a good is a good thing when did you all get on the internet i think i started like with youtube at like seven or eight maybe played those zach and cody games yeah there's dressupgames.com was my my place to go (laughs) i remember those yeah i think tumblr was my first like really social media if you consider that. I remember I got a Facebook when I was like 11, which was, yeah. I know we've talked about it before, but I think eighth grade did a really good job of showing like young people's experience on the internet because like, although I'm not old, I'm like 22. I didn't have Instagram when I was in eighth grade and I didn't have Snapchat and I got a Facebook when I graduated eighth grade and I don't really know. Twitter was invented, but it wasn't a big Mm -hmm. thing. And so it was like, I wasn't very online when I was young, and then when I was young, like I'm so old now. But um, my parents got mad when I first made a Facebook. Yeah, they were like, "You, sh- you're too young to be having this," because I was like posting about like I don't even know, like gossip at school or something, and they were like, "You shouldn't be posting on the internet. It follows you everywhere you go," which is like arguably true, but like. I've deleted everything like pre 2015. Oh, so, I like, we're good. When it comes up on my time hop. Oh, yeah. Because I'm 40. But I just think it's really interesting that, like, younger people right now are, like, on Instagram and they're, like, on Twitter, maybe. And some of the stuff I see on Instagram and Twitter, I would not want my little brother to see. And he's in eighth grade. And but he knows all the memes like he knows more memes than me and he like does all those like Instagram ask me questions type things and like I think we did those on like Facebook but Instagram just seems more insidious but I just feel like when you're on Instagram you're not just like liking people's status or like seeing people's I don't know photos from their sleepovers like Mm -hmm. on Instagram you're also seeing like women who have insane bodies and like like while like body negativity isn't a new thing I just feel like I can't imagine seeing like 16 year old some of the 16 year olds on Instagram are just like they look like they have better bodies than I do and they like look older than I do and um 
I just can't imagine being like 14 and being like, why don't I look like that? Like I looked like a, I look like, I don't even know. I don't know. I look like a troll. I was, when I was 14, this is like kind of embarrassing, but no. (laughs) When I was 14, I had a One Direction account on Twitter. We underscore love L-U-V one D four, number four ever. Right. Yeah. And, um, I actually met this girl who ended up being one of my like really good friends right now through Twitter. Um, we met at a concert once and a 1D concert? Uh, duh. but then we started going to like a bunch of concerts together oh, and she introduced me a lot of cool music and I think that like even as a kid like like the internet was a good way for me to like explore who I am mm-hmm. and like find out about certain things and certain like communities so like even though kids are like on it there is a way I think there's a way to like limit it and I'm sure they're not like following the worst things ever because it was still there when I had it and I like to think I'm okay (laughs) I but like when we were young there I just feel like there weren't sexy quote-unquote 16 year olds when we were on yeah I think there's definitely been like a weird like shift in how quickly girls are like aging like and the like they're so good at makeup they're now. so good at makeup. yeah like yes the, like I remember like 12 13 is when I started trying to wear makeup and it yeah. was a true disaster yeah but they're I wore, so like, good at makeup the now. thickest wings through like all of high school and uh, I did that so bad all I could have done was like look up a YouTube tutorial yeah and been smart about it but I was like nah. <laughs> I just I just can't imagine being young and on Instagram and Twitter like yeah that's why I liked eighth grade so much because it was just like oh no like that's really sad that kids are going through this um and like body image objectively like when you're a young woman maybe even a man like is the thing you think about every day like even now I think about it every day like I think about like how things look on me like how like I'm sitting is it like flattering Mm. you know like and I think that like you said eighth grade kind of like showcased yeah just like the like how scary it is to yeah. be because <laughs> it was like i don't know i just remember being like oh i don't look like the girls on disney channel but they're movie stars like that's fine and like i did have a lot of body image issues but i just can't imagine being online right now and being like oh she's literally 14 and i'm 14 and mm-hmm. i don't look anything like that and mm-hmm. i have no way to i don't know also like children with accounts that are famous like they have a brand i don't even i don't even fully have a brand but it's like welcome to my channel new york fashion week who did somehow somehow who's emma chamberlain who's that she's for some reason a very successful like 17 year old youtuber i think she started that when she was like 15 i don't know i think like Another thing is personal branding. If you think about it, it's making it's marketing yourself. And like, yeah, we're told to market ourselves when we apply to jobs, but marketing your personal life is just a terrifying thought. Like the fact that you have to know what you like and make sure it fits into all these other categories that are tangential to what you like and just trying to be like, a cohesive unit to put out into the world is what Instagram encourages us to do which I think is really Mm -hmm. fucked up it's like social media like you can really understand someone if what they put out you can really like get a grasp I guess on like what they think their personality is yeah um 
it's like oh i'm art girl i only post like weirdly zoomed in photos and like of food and windows and not my face and i don't i know a lot of those accounts (laughs) and then it's like my account is like oh this is what i'm doing but i I don't know. I think I would want to come across as artsy sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, no, but For that's sure. not my brand. And then I'm like, what the fuck am I talking about? Mm-hmm. Like, it's so easy to try to, like, brand yourself and make yourself one type of person. I don't know. I just think it's... I think people who try to be too funny on Twitter and really abstract on Instagram, I just think that's, like... You're trying to subvert the whole idea of yourself as something to market and like your body as a selling point, but you're just like marketing your brain. I don't know. That might have been a tangent at some point. But. but is there like a real way to be like completely like earnest on Instagram? Like, I think no. It's so narrow. No, you're I think. taking like one picture of yourself or, you know, maybe four <laughs> or something. <laughs> And you're selecting what you probably think is a good picture of yourself right, or, like, can... a fun time or, like, a nice angle of something. It's, like, that's not how I look every day, but this is this is a good moment in my life. Yeah. And I don't know. Is that a reflection of myself to, its to like, the T? Like, I don't know. I hope so. Yeah, it's but... all so surface level, but then people, like, interpret it as deeper than that and I think that's where it gets dangerous Mm -hmm. I think one thing about social media it's really fucked up is even if you're trying to be genuine you have to cut something because it's not a live stream of your life and so if you're trying to be like this is a candid of me looking bad like you're not going to pick the worst one first of all and then you're saying this looks bad so that people don't judge you for accidentally posting a bad picture um and i think it's just everything's a lot of mental gymnastics and everything is a move and thereby making it a move it's open to interpretation because you can't be in the room with everybody seeing it and so if you're trying to be more genuine like sometimes it comes across as false um okay thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of arts interrupted this podcast is brought to you by the michigan daily and my hatred for mark zuckerberg our host is sam small our producers are me, Sean Lang, Emily Ohl, Mina Kambosh, and Libby McKenzie. Our executive producer is John Fabi Baby Fabian. Our lovely sound editor is Ryan Cox, and our theme music is by Brad Gerwin. Here's Tim with a copy pasta. Yeah, yeah! What up, what up, YouTube, YouTube? Jolly Oli coming at you. This channel is for cannabis patients and adults. <laughs> Tune in next week to hear more of us. Four and three <coughs> and two and one. Good. <laughs> 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 <laughs>